Ready? Good morning, new creation. It is good to be in the house again this morning. Come on, you hear the music. I know y'all hear the music. Come on, let's vibe a little bit with that music. Song says it's like the dew in the morning. It's like the dew in the morning. Like the dew in the morning. Gently, come on. Gently rest upon my uh -huh. Come on, sing that with me. Like the dew. Come on, let's just feel that for a minute. Like the dew in uh -huh. the morning. I feel it. I hear that volume. I feel that volume. Gently yeah. Come on, y'all. Come on, new creation. Good morning. Like the dew. Sing that. Like, like the, the dew in the morning. morning. Gently, rest, gently rest upon my uh -huh. heart. My heart. Your heart. <laughs> Come like on. Dew, Just like the dew. Like the dew in the morning. Ah, I feel all right now. I feel all right. I'm starting to feel all right. I'm starting to get there. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. We say rest, rest, Jesus. Rest, rest, Jesus. Sing that. feel a little bit of that. I felt a little bit of that. Come on, give God some praise. I know you felt a little bit of that. Like the dew, rest in the morning. And I thank God that we're here another day, another first day of the week. We're starting off our day with the Lord. We have obeyed God, what Hebrews has told us, not to forsake the assembling of us coming, coming together. And we are here this morning. And my beloved, once again, we are safe. There's a lot going on all around us. This virus is waking up. They're waking it back up now. They're fanning the flames of this pandemic. And what we're going to do is I'm going to be coming to you next week with an infomercial to tell you about some things that we've decided, some decisions we've made, some ideas we have with regard to the rest of the year. We want everybody to be inclined. And so stand by, look for that next week. want to kind of bring you up to date with some things that we want to do around here. And at the same time, yet keep all of our members, keep you safe and sound. And so look for that as we get going. And, my, and as we get going, my beloved, to all our 
family in Thailand, our mission in Thailand, good morning, and to our digital community who continue to come in with us and fellowship every week, good morning and welcome to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're like the dew. You are the dew in the morning. Thank you for this morning. It's new. It's new because you made it new, Lord. You woke us up this morning and allowed us to see another day. And thank you, Lord, that the word says, great is thy faithfulness. We thank you this morning for your faithfulness, Lord. We just say rest. We want to rest in you this morning, O oh God. Bless those who are sick and shut in today. Bless those who are dealing with just an overwhelming stress and pain from this virus, Father, and all the other things that are going on outside of that, Father, the racial discord, the immigration problems that we have today, the strife, the, the evil, all the things that are going on today, Father, Lord. I ask you, Lord, we pray, Father, continue to cry out to you, O oh God. We know that you're still sovereign and you're still in control. Bless and keep those who are in great need and peril this morning. Bless your servant now, Lord, as we go forward now to teach how firm a foundation from the series, Capitol Hill, Zion's Hill. Bless me now. Bless your servant in Jesus' name and the body of Christ said amen. Once again, good morning to our first-time guests and to our church family. Good morning, New Creation. It is good to be in the house of God one more time. And for those who are visiting with us for the first time, we are New Creation Outreach Ministries. We are a kingdom-focused church. That Bible says that we are to be focused on doing three things, sharing the gospel, that's evangelism, transforming lives, that's discipleship, serving, and serving is ministry. Those are the three things that comprise the DNA of our church family, and we never deviate from those things. We don't, we're not a church of programs. We're not a church of pastors' appreciations and all manner of things that keep us away from being focused on the kingdom. And so we're glad that you came to fellowship with us this morning. And our sentiment here, we always like to tell those who have visited with us, relax, you are amongst family and friends. And so we are again glad that you came to worship with us. And my beloved, what a time that we are in and we are experiencing again regarding this pandemic. My God, we're just continually having to pray. And so I just want to continue to say to all of us, Let's continue to be wise. Let's continue to be careful. Make sure you know who's around you, where they've been hanging. And otherwise, if you don't, keep them from hanging around you as we have to be very careful in this season, in this time that we're in. And beloved church, if you're with us for the first time, guess, last week we began a series, what we deemed was a timely focus and teaching concerning our government titled, entitled, Capitol Hill or Zion's Hill, in whom do you, we trust? And we started it last week. Uh, this teaching was prompted in light of the myriad of critical and unprecedented things, my beloved, that are happening to us in our world, in our nation. We're dealing with a pandemic of tsunami proportions and, dis and destruction. And you couple that, my beloved, with the strife that we're dealing with, the economic hardship that we're facing now, racial discord, turf wars on Capitol Hill, and you add again, my beloved, what I consider the most important 
election year that we will face in our entire lifetime in, oh, in, in the next three weeks. And my beloved, you combine all of that, and that is a recipe where we need to understand some things about our government. And my beloved, I want to tell you like I always do as your pastor, it is the church's role, Elliot, is the, church the church's responsibility to speak to the times. To speak to the times, it's the church's responsibility to do what? Speak to the times to provide direction and to provide answers in these types of times. And so, my beloved, we began last week with this teaching, with one, week one, with part one, we entitled, For Thine is the Kingdom and Power. And here's, let's ride through the backdrop of uh, in the structure of our teaching. Uh, ten, I told you last week on Capitol Hill, what we have more of today is it's, a, it's an issue of power, money, and in the middle of that, we're dealing with turf wars. That's all we see on Capitol Hill now. It's a turf war. Right now, people are in great need of resources, but because of the turf wars going on, we can't get anything done. We can't get any decisions to be made. And so we talked about that. We're going to see that. We are dealing with in this teaching, in this series, the body of Christ and government. Somebody type that in the chat, government. And my beloved, here's what we need to understand. I shared with you last week. E pluribus unum is supposed to be, supposed to represent out of many, there should be one. That really it should be representing Congress. It should represent the church, and look what it says according to Matthew, Ma Malachi 2 and 10. Do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us all? And oh, my beloved, we don't act like it. And these are the four teachings that we're going to see in this teaching that we're going to take us through to get us ready for election day. We started last week with part one of thine is the kingdom and power. Today we're moving into how firm a foundation. This is part two of thine is the kingdom. Next week we're going to get you into know, get you ready to go to the polls and tell you how should we live. We got to vote the Bible in three weeks. Somebody say amen. And then we're going to close this thing out with kings, kingdoms, and Father God. And so, my beloved, as we started last week, these are the foundation scriptures that always ride with us. Hosea 4 and 8 says, the people appointed kings without my consent. You want to know how we got in trouble? They wanted Saul and princes without my approval. Oh, my God. By making idols for themselves from their silver and their gold, they brought about their own destruction. Daniel 2 and 21 says, he knows, God knows all and does all. He changes the seasons and guides history. He raises up kings, and oh, my God, he brings them down one by one. Romans 13 and 1, that's where we're going. We're going to be in the 13th chapter of Romans today. says, there is no authority. There is no power except that of God himself. Acts 5 and 9. But if it is of God, you won't be able to stop him. If God decrees a thing, nobody can stop it. Overthrow, you can't. Destroy, you can't. You might even be found fighting against God. It's a lot of people fighting against God today, Elliot. Look at Proverbs 14, 34. It says, the righteousness, a right standing with God. We know this scripture. We know it by heart. Exalt a nation. But sin 
is a disaster. Sin does what? It's a disgrace to, it's a disgrace to any people. Psalm 11 and 3. These are the scriptures that's riding with us in these four weeks. If the foundations of the righteous, law and order, are destroyed, what can we do? What can the church do? What can the righteous do? The learning objective for the series to identify the relationships between politics, oh my God, and political platforms and the gospel. That's what we're going to learn out of this four weeks. To grasp, we are members of, of society, but we are our citizenship is in heaven. It's in the kingdom of God. We need to embrace in this series when the political kingdoms collide with the biblical kingdoms, my beloved, the church decisions and choices must be tethered to the word of God. Let's keep riding. The PowerPoint key for the series. Kingdom citizens, we are not Democrats. We are not Republicans. We are not independents. There are no political parties in the kingdom of God. Somebody get that today. There are no political parties in the kingdom of God. There's only a kingdom party. Oh my God. This, this, Ellie, this is good teaching. I could shut it down now. We, we got enough already. What else I just say up here? Political platforms or political parties do not, somebody type it in the chat, do not govern our decisions, our behavior, and our living because we are Christ's followers. Look up here. The big question for the series, what is the function of government given to man by holy God? As Christ follows, how are we to view and think about government and, uh, and, appoint, and appointed representatives of the people? You know, we appoint the people that go up on Capitol Hill. How are we to select and vote for representatives who are supposed to be servants of the people? And look what it says finally. What should Christians follow do? What should Christ followers do when government service or servants are corrupt? And oh, my beloved, in week one last week, we looked at dying is the kingdom and power. You can go out to the website, go and watch, check it out. Everything we learned last week, we looked at the founding fathers of government. That they were, we found out that last week they were, you know, the 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 the, the, the constitution and everything that this government that our that our nation was founded on, that was done with spiritual leaders. Many of them were spiritually principled leaders, and they had the character that they had. We found out last week they believed God, and we found out some things that you need to know about your government and the providence of God, and then we looked at government nations that are under God. We're all under God, and so, my beloved, we found out last week again the founding fathers were spiritually principled leaders. They believed the world and nations belong to who? A sovereign and providential holy God. And so, my beloved, I want to get us into today. But here's the video. I showed you many, many clips last week of, of, the, of all our founding fathers. Many of them believed and loved the Lord. And that's what they were trying to do with the Constitution for us. And, oh, how we have digressed. Look at Abraham Lincoln said, but for the Bible, we could not know right from wrong. And so we talked about all this last week, but I need to get us into today's teaching. And here it is, part two of Dying is the Kingdom and Power. We're going to look at how firm a foundation we have in Christ Jesus. God set up some things, and what we're going to do today, my beloved, we're going to look at some nations and governments. They did what? They are to submit to God. Why? Because everything belongs to God. God has everything, and everything belongs to him. We're going to see that today, that it's God's authority, and everything that God has done, he's done it for his sake and not ours and anybody else's. And then we're going to look at the responsibility of our government leaders. They are supposed to be ministers to serve us. We sent them up there. Remember I told you last week, the turf that they're fighting over belongs to us. Finally, we're going to look at Christians and how we have to be wholly compliant citizens. 
in this world we're living in. We must submit to leaders for God's sake. We don't submit to leaders for their sake. We don't submit to leaders, Republicans or Democrats or parties for allegiance. We submit for God's sake, and we're going to learn that today, that we have some holy compliances that we must follow as we follow Christ. And so, my beloved, as we get going today, let me go. Three more things. Look here. We're going to be dealing with everything here, everything up there belongs to God. Somebody type it in the chat. Everything belongs to God, my beloved. We're going to find that out. But what's the learning objective today? The learning objective in this teaching today, look up here. It says, as ambassadors and loyalness to God and the kingdom, the church submits to government, to the judicial laws of the land, and the appointed civic leaders. We do, we submit to them to further the gospel. Lights and salt. Why? Because we are lights and salt of the earth. We light and salt the earth. And when we do that, what's left for us to do? We're here to worship and glorify God. And so we submit to government for God's sake. We're going to find that out today. What's the PowerPoint wisdom key for today in this teaching? Everything, I said it already, everything belongs to Father God. God created the heavens and the earth. He established the nations. He established governments, kings, queens, presidents, and all the leaders, and to include those in the church. Look what Daniel 4 and 17 says. The Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives it to anyone he chooses. He sets over it, and, and what, over it, the humblest and the lowliest of men. Boy, if anybody get tracking, this is some serious stuff up here. Look at the big question for today. Without understanding or realizing it, are you loyal to a political party? Are you loyal to a platform? Maybe you don't realize it. Maybe you don't know it, but you act like you are loyal to a political party or platform instead of being supremely loyal to Christ and the kingdom platform. Oh, my beloved, we're going to learn some things today, Rose. Listen, here's the question. Is the church, are Christians supposed to be discipled by a political party or politics? God forbid. Lastly, look what it says here. Loyalty belongs to Father God and the gospel platform. We are not to be loyal. We're not supposed to be Republicans. I'm a Republican because my mom and my daddy was a Republican. No, no, no. Not if you're a child of God. We're going to learn some things today. And so, my beloved, as we get rolling today, as we get going today, I want to make sure that there's, here's, there's a purpose for this teaching today. How firm a foundation. How firm a foundation. And so this morning, my beloved, in part two of For Thine is the Kingdom and Power, we are focusing in, my beloved, on the importance of some of a number of significance. Somebody write that down. We need to focus today on a number of significance that the church, Christians, we are supposed to know and we are supposed to be certain of. There are some compliances that because we are saved and born again that we must follow as it relates to government. Somebody need to get that. There are some compliances. Holy, somebody type it in the chat. Holy compliances we must follow that have absolutely nothing to do with Republican, 
absolutely nothing to do with Democrat or an independent. And so, my beloved, as we get going today, Rose, Mama CJ, today in part two, again, the subject, how firm a foundation. And, beloved, as always, we've given you the roadmap in our learning discovery. And so now as we get going, Keith and Dorothy, in the Bible, government structure was not a democracy. There's some things we got to understand about government. In the Bible, government was never democracy. What we have in the Old Testament, Rex, government was an autocracy. It was an autocracy. Uh, and what's an autocracy? It is a system of government, my beloved, by one person having all the power. All the power. And the Roman government in the Bible was ruled by Caesars. 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 Look at this video. Look at this video. I want to tell you how it was in the days of the old when we had Caesars in charge and what the Christians went through to even try to stand how they suffered from the leaders of, from the Caesars that were in charge of Roman government. Let's watch. Let's watch. This is the way it used to be for Christians, Christ followers. This is Nero. Getting ready to punish. Peace to them. Take thy children, Lord. <laughs> Numb their wounds, soften their pains, mm. give them strength, O oh Savior. My See God. that man. Blessed are you, my children, Peter. who die in the Speaking. name of Jesus. <laughs> I say to you that this day you shall be with him in paradise. My God. My God. Here where Nero rules today, my God. Christ shall rule forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> who is that man? I think he is their leader, a man called Peter. He mm. escaped us before. Mm. But he said Christ would replace me. Yes! <laughs> yes, he did. They're singing. Thank God we don't live in a time facing death. Getting ready to face the lions because they were Christians. This is the portrait of autocracy. My God, early Christians. These dogs have a front tree even in went death. Through it. The lions will sing louder, I think. sad how sad 
my beloved, I just gave you a little bit of a snap, snap snippet of what the early Christians faced in Bible days. If they really wanted to stand and believe in Jesus, the suffering that they went through. The government back then was, again, run by Caesars. Caesars. The early church, Christ followers really suffered. We don't suffer. We can't get people to come to church if they get a hangnail. They don't know. We don't know what suffering is. But I wanted to give you a little bit of that. And I had to stop the video because the video, the movie goes into, goes into where they really show in this video, they really show the lions really uh, attacking and really eating Christians and my beloved, under the reign of wicked Caesars and rulers, Christians were placed in the arenas, as you saw, to be killed for sport. I'm talking about government. We talk about, we're going to talk about some things about government that you and I, my beloved, need to understand in our time. Christians were placed in the arenas to be killed by lions for sport. Nero used Christians, my beloved, as human torches. He lit them up. See, he wanted, he had, he had chariot games at night, Rex, and so to, he lit up Christians all along, all around the arena, and then lit them, lit them on fire so that they would light up so that he could see and run his chariot races at night. There's a picture I want to show. Yeah, see here, all, he, the, all those are Christians that are lit on fire while he was having his chariot races. This is what Christians dealt with, with government in the Bible, in the Bible. Somebody ought to say, have mercy, O God. And here's what I want us to understand as we move into this teaching today. While that was going, while all this was going on, my beloved, yet God then and God now had Paul in the 13th chapter of Romans write, honor, and submit to government. I want you all to know, even while Paul was saying back then, honor and submit to government, while he was, God was having him say that, God, my beloved, was having him pen that in the Word of God, Stephen and Tracy, even as Paul was telling all of those back then to honor government, they were planning his arrest. They tried him, and it was Nero that cut his head off. But Paul, while all that was happening, Paul was still saying, submit to government. Follow, obey government. And Karen and Scott, Paul taught for the sake of God, the church must obey civic leaders. Paul taught it while, while all this was happening in his time. And yet, he still wrote it in our Bibles for you and I today to do it, to obey, just as well as he was telling those in the arena we still must, you still must obey the government. And oh, my beloved, I know that's troubling to somebody, but we're going to explain it to you this morning. Beloved new creation, this morning there is a great need for the church body to understand why would God have us submit to governments that are corrupt, to governments that are evil, my beloved. And again, 
God, even back then, put special emphasis, my beloved, uh, Sherry and Phil, he put great emphasis on early Christians and the church today doing what? To submit to government. To submit to government. And, oh, my beloved, why? Again, for God's sake, obey those who are appointed over you. And so, Phil and Sherry, as we get going today, we have a great need to know that the early Christians submitted and the church today must submit to authority. We must submit to government for what? For God's sake. And my beloved, because nations and kings and presidents and governments down to the owner today of a Cafe Rio, we must obey. We must obey and follow why? Because everything, you heard me say it in the PowerPoint wisdom key, everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Somebody type it in the chat, everything belongs to God. And so new creation, as we prepare to go to the polls in a few weeks, the church has great need to know a few things about those we are going to vote for. Thus, we need to understand that God has set up a firm foundation. And so, my beloved, our teaching this morning takes us to the 13th chapter of Romans. I want everybody to go there. I'm already set to go. And young adults, in these verses, Father God instructed the Apostle Paul to instruct the early suffering Christians and us today. And there are some things that we need to get out of these verses, my beloved. We need to know. We need to understand before we go and vote in three weeks. Because there's a firm foundation that our God established concerning government. It's a firm foundation, my beloved. And so, my beloved, I want us to begin reading, and I'm going to start reading. We're going to read just verses 1 and 2. I know that all of you are there, the 13th chapter of Romans. Many of us are familiar with it. We studied it in our Sunday school about a month ago. But anyway, let's look here in the 13th chapter of Romans. Romans, and it says, verse 1, let every soul, let every soul be subject unto the highest powers and authorities. And it's talking about government here. He says, for there is no power but God. Oh, that's, that's soothing to my bones. There's no power but God. Look what it continues to say here. The powers that be are ordained by God. Look at verse 2. Whosoever therefore resists the power, look what God had Peter, had Paul pen in our word. Even back then, he was telling them they, they needed to not, they needed to obey and not resist. Verse 2, again, whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. In other words, for Christians, anarchy and disobeying is not an option. And they who resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I want to stop right there. Did you guys notice what the Scripture said here, my beloved, as we try to make sure that there's some, under, some significance that we understand that are needful for us to know and some things we got to do when it comes to government, when it comes to getting ready to go to the polls in three weeks. And so, my beloved, I want you to understand, what is he saying here in these Scriptures? Let's look here. Let's look here. Governments have always been under the authority of God. Don't get it twisted. I know up on Capitol Hill, they act like they're in charge. I remember I told you, they think the turf is theirs. No, no, no. The turf belongs to God. Therefore, the turf belongs to us. Look what it says up here. See, in the old days, it was Roman Caesars of the Bible that were doing all manner of evil. 
And I just gave you the names of them. Julius, Augustus, Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, and Nero. These were all evil and villainous tyrants. And they were the ones in charge. And so, my beloved, I want you to understand that as we look here, there are some things that we got to understand about government. And here it is. Everything belongs to Father God. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Why? Because God created the heavens and the earth. Why? Because he established this, uh, the nations. He put governments in place, kings, queens, presidents, and civic leaders. Daniel 4.17 again says, the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives it to anybody he chooses. He sets over it the humblest or the lowliest of men. Yes, what do we do when we have corrupt and tyrannous kings, presidents in charge? Bible says God puts them there. But let's understand what, God, what that means. The Bible doesn't say God, God uh, has them to behave the way they do. But God sets them up, and God knows when they get there who they're going to be and what they're going to do. But again, for God's sake, we obey government leaders over us. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. But I need everybody to remember, everything belongs to Father God. What's the third thing that we need to understand? Everything, listen, in John 19 and 10 and 11, Pilate was getting ready to go on and, and tell and have a conversation with, with Jesus. And look what happened. Pilate said to Jesus, don't you know I have the authority, the power to either to free you or crucify you? But here, check out what Jesus said, my beloved. Jesus answered, any authority, any power that you have over me comes from my Father above. <laughs> no, you don't have no power. Remember what I'm trying to get y'all to understand. First thing we got to understand, everything belongs to God. God is in full control. Everything, kings, queens, belong to God. Jesus said, <laughs> not so. You have, uh, uh if God has given it to you, it's come from above, not from your political position. Not from your political position. And what we need to understand, my beloved, what we're trying to get you to understand here, and this is significant because I think we take it for granted, we got to understand that God is in control. And in verses 1 and 2, God had, had Paul explain, as Christ followers, we have some responsibilities. We can't be defiant for those that God puts in place can't be defiant. There's a way that we have to get rid of the bad apples in the bunch. Just like we got to get rid of some bad apples in the house of God who call themselves pastors. We got to get rid of some bums in the house of God that call themselves pastors. It's too long. Churches are just putting up with all kind of nonsense. Don't you know that if, if, if all the members left a church where the pastor was a crook, well, who's he going to pastor then? Ain't no money coming in then. All the power, all the time, even in the house of God, belongs to the church. No one man. And so, my beloved, he is trying to let us know in these scriptures, Christ followers, we have a responsibility that we must understand. We've got to comply. We've got to wholly comply. And why? For Christ's sake. Because we are children of light. 
We are children of salt, and we have a testimony that we got to remember we are, we are supposed to represent God in everything we do. See, when we move and go down to vote in three weeks, there's some things that we got to recognize. We shouldn't get upset. We shouldn't be worried. Why? Because everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God, my beloved. This is a simple teaching, but yet it's a profound teaching for somebody. And so, Yule and Sonia, for Christ's sake, Christians cannot have a defiant spirit toward following and obeying the laws of the land. We can't do that. We cannot do that. We got to do what? You have an employer you work for. Your employer says, be here at 6. Guess what? You got to be there at 6. Matter of fact, you got to be there at 555. We cannot be defiant. We got to pay our taxes. We got to pay our debts. Oh, my God. We got to pay our debt. We got to obey. He's saying damnation if we do not follow our civic leaders. Did y'all read that in the passage of scriptures? And so, my beloved, God requires believers to submit. I love the word he said. And every soul be subject. That means to be submissive to those that God has put in place, in authority over us, my beloved. And so God requires believers to submit and comply with the laws of the land, my beloved, because as children of light and salt, we are really following God when we obey. We are really following God. Don't ever get it twisted. Our allegiance is to God. We follow the laws of the land and those appointed over us because we are really following God. Because we know that everything belongs to God. God, Caesar, Nero belonged to God. The president that we have in, 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 in the White House right now, you know what? We don't have to fret. He belongs to God. We don't have to fret over congressmen and congresswomen who are crooks and bums. They belong to God. God, is, God sits high and he looks low. And if, they, if we got some bad apples in Congress, some bad apples in our own local government, guess what we have to do? We have to get rid of them. Because everybody's not a bad apple. Everybody's not a bad apple. But the ones that we recognize, I'm going to show you in a minute. We have a responsibility. Stephen and Tracy, it's for our testimony as representatives of Christ and the church that we submit for God's sake. Somebody type it in the chat. It's for God's sake that we follow. It's for God's sake that we submit. It's for God's sake that we obey. It's for God's sake that we have a good report, a good report and a good reputation as children of light and salt. Oh, I think somebody's getting it. And so, my beloved, as we keep going here, let's keep reading. I want us to look at verses 3 and 6. Ain't going to be much longer with you because this is really simple. Look at verse 3 through 6. Follow along with me as Pastor reads. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of their power, of the power? What is he talking about? This means that civil government should be respected and all should do what? Fear breaking the law. We should have a concern. We should not want to break the law, violate the laws. Why? Because the laws belong to God. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror. Again, will you then not be afraid of, of the power? Keep going. Do that which is good, and you shall have the praise of the same. Talking about obeying the laws. Talking about obeying government, Christians. Verse 4, for he, the civil magistrate, is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. 
For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him who does evil. Look at verse 5, and verse 5 is going to be real key for us. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for your conscience sake. Verse 6, and we stop. For, for to this cause, what do we need to do? Pay your responsibilities. Pay your taxes, your tributes. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. I want to stop right there. My, my, my. Mama Faye, Mama Freddie, Portia, Paul started and went on to teach and say to us, as ambassadors for Christ, again, we are to never forget that. We represent Christ. There's some significance, again, we must understand. And here's what I need you to understand. We got to get this. God established a purpose for civic leaders. God established a purpose. No, there's no description that they wrote up that, no, no, no. God established his own because he belo everything belongs to him and he's in charge. God established a purpose for civic leaders. And I want y'all to recognize, if you look there in those verses, three times in these verses, my beloved, does anybody pay attention where Paul made the reference to ministers? They serve as ministers. In verse 6, he said, servants. What I want you to know, Elliot, what I want you to know, Jacob, what I want you to know, sleep, the word for minister in this context is diakonos. It's what we get our word for, deacon. Is anybody getting it? All our civic leaders, they serve a purpose. They are supposed to be servants. They are supposed to be servants. Mike, my brother in Florida, glory. God established our leaders to do what? To be servants. They are there. We put them there. We voted them there. They are there because we put them there to do what? Serve our interests. They are not there to fight over power and turf. The power is not theirs. The power is ours. And some of them are going to see that in three weeks. The power is ours. When they, they, when they get voted out, <laughs> some of them are getting ready to go, and they know time, the hour, that sand in the hourglass is about to run out in three weeks. They're going to find out who has the power. We have the power, my beloved. And what I'm saying again, I'm going to say it again, that does not mean that God is responsible when we have leaders who are corrupt. That doesn't mean that, yeah, God puts them there, but it don't mean he's responsible if they're going to be corrupt, if they're not going to serve, if they're not going to minister. But he has a purpose that they are put there for our benefit to serve. I wish somebody, I wish a bunch of them would listen, tune in to this. I'd like to send this video, to send this sermon to a few of them on Capitol Hill. You are there to serve. You are not there to wield and play with people's lives. Play with people's money. Play with people's health when you have 
you you getting tested every every day for the virus. You have a certain amount of money. You're being driven everywhere. You have protection everywhere you go. You don't have to worry about where you're going to get your next meal. God placed civic leaders there to be ministers, my beloved. Ladies and gentlemen, our congressmen, our congresswomen, we sent them there. We put them there. And God says they are to serve and be ministers. They don't know that. They don't know that. They don't know that. They are there, my beloved. They are there, uh, uh, Sybil and Barry, to serve our interest. That's why they're there. They're not there for special interests. They're not there to politic. They are there to be honorable, to serve our interests. And I said it last week, the turf is ours. Look up here. I want to make sure you understand. Everything belongs to God. Father God does everything for his own sake, according to his sovereign plans and purposes. Look at Isaiah 46 and 10. Somebody need to write it down and, and remember it. I declare, God says, I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are still to come. God says, I, I declare a thing. I declare, why? Because everything belongs to me. Look what it says here. My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. This is Father God. This is why we don't have to worry. This is why we do the right things as believers for God's sake, because we walk with God. He walks with me. He talks with me. I am a child of the king. We don't, we don't, we don't stand out in front of abortion clinics and, and, and run around with signs. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We don't have to, have, we don't have to march in the street over gay rights. We don't stand for a man and a man being together. But we, there's a behavior that we, we ought to conduct ourselves in a different way. Why? Because we belong to God. And for God's sake, we have to carry ourselves a certain way. I think somebody's starting to get it. Look up here. I want us to understand about the citizenship. And there's, it's funny how words are connected when, when, when you really start to study. The Greek word for citizenship is polytima. Polytima. And what, 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 this is the word that we get politics from. Notice, this is the word that we get the word police from. This is the word that we get policy from. And last but not least, my beloved, this is Rose where we get the word pole. You want to tell me God ain't amazing? Why would we not work and follow and obey God? And all are connected to the Greek word polytima, which means citizenship. Did y'all know that? See, we got to know some things. We got to understand the government. We, there's some significance that we got to make sure that we get because we represent God for God's sake, not for our own sake, not for the world's sake. We carry ourselves in a certain way because we are holy, because we belong to God. God says, obey, even if it's a hard thing, and it is a hard thing. The Christians who really, see, we're not suffering we suffer because we don't have, you know, enough money to, you know, fill a gas tank. But did you see the video? Christians being sewn into, Christians being lit on fire and burning to be light, Christians being ate, ate by lions. 
And that's just a little bit of the, the suffering and persecution. And yet God back then was saying, obey government. Obey government. And my beloved, I want to make sure that we understand. I want to make sure that we understand. They are supposed to be ministers. They are supposed to be, look up here, I want to make sure you understand. This is the, this is the purpose of our government civic leaders. They are to be promoters and examples of good. See, when we go to the poll, we need to understand some things. Whoever you're going to vote for, we got to line them up to the word of God. And that's going to be mighty tough because most of them are bad apples. But we still got to find it. We still got to line them up according to the word. We got to think spiritually and not politically. Somebody need to write that down. You got to think spiritually and not politically when you go three weeks from now. Look up here. What else did God give them to do? They are supposed to preserve the welfare of the people. We, the people, we own the turf. And that's what they're supposed to do. What else are they supposed to do, my beloved? They are, my, my wife, my honey, they are supposed to protect the innocent from evil. That's what all our civic leaders are supposed to do. And just to make sure you understand, when I talk civic leaders, I'm talking about government. I'm talking about police. I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about bishops. I'm talking about any position of authority leaders in your house. A husband is supposed to protect. It's not just government. It's, every, it's across the board. What else are they supposed to do? They are supposed to punish and thwart and curb the violence of evil men. And my, wouldn't you know it, that as I was preparing this, we had these goons in Michigan try to take the governor, kidnap her so they could kill her. But what happened? They stopped it. They thwarted that thing that they were trying to do. Why? Because they are evil men. But when our government is working like God wants it to work, my beloved, oh, that sister, she's so thankful for the government leaders working like they were supposed to because otherwise those 13 goons would have kidnapped her and they'd have found her somewhere in a box of cement. I'm trying to help you understand. We in the church, we got to speak to the we got to speak to the times. Churches, pastors got to speak to the times. So that our children, so that the, ch the the children of light and salt know what to do and how to move and live and have our being. And so my beloved, uh, I don't really have much more to give you, uh, but I want to make sure that we understand we, there's some See, this is what they're responsible for. See, they are responsible. Now, there are some things that we must be compliant with. And so, again, I want to make sure. I'm going to go on and have us read the last verse here in Romans 13, verse 7. And then I wanna, I'm going to peel it back again because there's some things that, again, we have to do. Finally, it says, render, therefore, to all their debts. In other words, pay your taxes, do everything you're supposed to do. Because you're why? You're a child of God. Tribute to whom tribute is due. And in, in other words, whatever you owe, you pay it. You should pay it as a child of God. Shouldn't be trying to get over on your income. It shouldn't be trying to get over on your income tax, claiming folk you ain't got, folks you don't have. Custom to custom. That means 
hidden taxes. You know, I didn't realize this, but the, uh, the government has a secret, what they call it, a secret uh, payback fund for people who owe the government but have not wanted to, that have, that have evaded paying. They have a secret where you can go, you don't have to put your name, but whatever you owe, you can pay it, and you won't, it'll be, it will be no reprisal. I heard that, that, that some of the states have it locally, too, when, 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 when members owe and they never pay, but they're willing to pay back. And there's a fund that you could go on and pay what you owe back, and nobody will, nobody will bother you. You won't be held accountable, but you get a chance to pay it back. This is what we ought to do. He's again talking about our responsibilities. Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. My beloved, listen to the Spirit of God and your pastor. What I want us to make sure that we understand, and it goes back to uh, what we have a responsibility to do. These are some things that we have. These are some holy compliances that Christians must comply with as it relates to government and civic leaders. Number one, we are to submit. We've already read that to higher authorities. Number two, we are to submit to the laws of the land. Yes, we are. Number three, we must pay our taxes and our debts. Oh, my God. Number four, we are to select the officials that get there. They don't get there if we don't place them there by selecting and voting them there. What else is our job that we must be wholly compliant with? We must hold authorities accountable. That's where, we, that's where we've slipped on the banana peel. Most times we're voting for folk. We don't know nothing about them. We don't research them. We don't know nothing about them. We don't pay attention to what they do. And so that's how they stay up there years in and years out. Why? Because we don't hold them accountable. We don't research. We don't know what they're doing from year to year. We're not following them. That's where we are. We, we, see, we, we own some of the trouble we're in today, my beloved. We own some of the trouble. 95 to 99% of Christians, we don't, we, don't, we don't do our homework. We don't do our diligence. Have you sat down with your, with your voting booklet this, this year, getting ready and checking and, and, and trying to do some research on who you're going to vote for in these wards in Las Vegas? Who's going to, the judges? See, if we don't know what these judges stand for, we're, we're voting in bums and crooks. See, that's a responsibility. That's a holy compliance. My question, have you been holy compliant? As it relates to all our responsibilities that God right here said that we must be wholly compliant, we must follow, we must do. See, there's some things that they must do, but there's some things that we must do, my beloved. What else? We are to be informed, and we are to pray for them. These are holy compliances that Christians, that God says, see, I broke it down. Holy Spirit say, I'm going to give it to you to give it in another way so they can get it off the page. These are things that we are responsible for in the house of God. Remember what I said? All the way down to the person, the owner of Cafe Rio. Taco Bell, it don't matter. In, in the house of God. In the house of God, we have some crooks in the house of God. We have bad leadership in the house of God. We have pastors who are not preaching anything, not teaching anything. But every year they want the church to honor them. Every year the church got to spend a certain raise or spend or find uh, $25,000, $20,000, find some money from somewhere to do what? Honor them. No, no, no. That ain't the way it work. That ain't the way it work, my beloved. That's not the way it work. 
but we but you'll get we'll get 100% of what we tolerate and we have some bad folk in Capitol Hill we have some bad folk local why because we have not honored what God has said in these verses now I want you to look back at verse 5 look closely back at verse 5 because verse 5 is where where I want to stop it says wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake what is he referring to there? He's referring to there, now, yeah, even the Christians in the Old Testament, they had to submit, but they did not have to. See, what, what Caesar, what Nero, what Claudius, what all of them wanted them to do, Elliot, was pray to them. And all, no, no, no. No, no, we're not. No, listen, we're going we're gonna to follow the laws, but we're not going to make you God. And what he's saying right here. We don't do anything that will violate the Word of God. And what am I talking about? I'm giving you an example. Abortion, same-sex marriage. Those are things we don't vote for. Those are things that we see. No, no, no. You're not going to get me to violate the Word of God. You're not going to get me to marry uh, two women. You're not going to get me to marry two men. That's what he's talking about. You're not going to get me to be foul and, and rugged and nasty toward immig immigrants who are trying to come here to have a free life because where, where they are is tyranny. I'm giving you an example. And he's saying your conscience ought to get to the place where if, you, if anybody's causing you and asking you to do anything that violates the word of God, it ought to be your conscience that ought to convict you. We don't do anything. That's why they, that's why they had the, all those Christians that died in the Old Testament in the arenas. Why? Because they refused to pray to Nero. No, I'm not going to do that. Paul told Paul, 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 Paul explained to me, we don't need, no, we're not going, we're not going to let you violate our allegiance. We're not going to let you violate our loyalty to the king of kings. Absolutely not. And as I close, look up here. God's purpose, all congressional and civic leaders everywhere, pastors everywhere, have been appointed by God to be ministers, to be servants of the people. That's why. We need to understand there's a firm foundation, and I brought it back up here, the big question. Without understanding or realizing it, have some of you, have some of you, or some of you, you loyal to a political party? You loyal to a platform? Instead of being supremely loyal to Christ and the Word of God, next week I'm going to talk about voting because I got to get us ready to vote. Some people are, vote, some people are Republicans because their mama and daddy is, is, a, is a Republican. Look, that makes absolutely no sense. But when you don't know, when you don't understand, when you haven't been taught biblically the mindset of a kingdom party, look what it says here. Is the church, are Christians supposed to be discipled by a political party or politics? Are we, my beloved, supposed to be discipled? Fighting, we got some folk in the church that will fight you over some issues between Republican and Democrat. It ought not be so. It ought not be so. Why? Because we're neither Republicans, Democrats, or Independents. No, 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 no. And next week when we talk about voting, we're going to show you. How should we live? We vote the Bible. 
What does that mean? That means one, that means one time, depending on as you go down and start looking, you might be voting independent one year. The next year, you might be voting Democrat. <laughs> the next year, you might be voting Demo Republican. Why? Because they line up at closer, they line up as close as they can to the Word of God. The point is we don't have no allegiance to any political party. We should not be discipled by politics and parties. No, loyalty belongs to Father God and the gospel platform. And that is something nobody, not many, are teaching in the house of God today. And this is not for me to pat myself. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm talking about it from the, from the, from the place of shame. Shame on us. Shame is on us, even in the house of God. We just voting for people. We don't do no homework. We're not holding nobody accountable. I'm putting it back up here. I'm putting it back up here. I'm putting it back up here. Where is it? Then I'm going, am I going backwards? I'm going the wrong way. Let me put it back up here. Let me move back. Okay, it got stuck. All right, here we go. Here we go. Everything belongs to God. So I get ready to close. We need to remember. For God's sake, we, make, we, we, we think a certain way, we move and live and have our being in a certain way. For God's sake. Don't forget our citizenship, but don't forget what this word means biblically, spiritually. Our citizenship, this word is tied to politics, police, policy, and polls. We need to know that. We didn't know that. Make sure that you understand it. I'm, this is where I want it to be. Make sure you understand as I close. We ought to be promoting. We need to understand their job. They ought to be promoters and examples of good. They ought to preserve the welfare of us. They ought to protect us from evil. They ought to punish and curb and stop violence from people who would try to hurt us. That's what God put them there for. They're ministers. They're servants. And when they don't serve and when they don't act like it, guess what we do? We show them who's got the power. We move them out. We move them out. Now, we might not have much to, put, too much to take their place, but they're gone. They're gone. Because it's according to wisdom and knowledge and spiritual thinking and not political thinking that we do the things that we're getting ready to do in three weeks. Somebody shout Jesus. 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 And as I close, my beloved, the, be the responsibility for the church is to always Submit to civic laws and leaders, but we never, we never, we never, we never, we never, ever, never are, are we loyal to a party. Never, never, ever do we allow any particular anything, whether it's a party, politics, a man, a woman, a husband, a wife. We don't allow anybody to do what? Cause us to violate our conscience as it relates to the word of God. If you got to stand alone, my brother, stand alone. My sister, if you got to stand all by yourself, even your family is coming against you. Jesus said, I come to set a mother against a daughter. You might have to, if to stand, for Jesus, stand with God, you might be alone. You might have to do some suffering. I'm going to say this to you, and I'm done. Daniel had to meet with the lion's den because he would not compromise. He had to spend a night in the lion's den. Why? Because he would not compromise. You wasn't going to get Daniel to violate his conscience. And I'm saying to us, my beloved, these are some significance that we're going to have to make sure that we understand as we prepare to get ready to go and have an election that is unlike any other election in, the, in our lifetime. 
We got to vote according to knowledge and wisdom, spiritually and not politically. And there's a song that I want to hear now. It says, let the church say amen. Let the church say amen to the word of God. Let the church say amen to the will of God. Let the church say amen to the commands of God. It's time for somebody to say amen. If my people who are called by my name, by my name, would remember that they represent me for my sake, called by my name, that they would humble themselves. They would turn from their wicked ways. If they would repent, they would cry out to me. I would heal the land. I would heal the land. I'd raise up some godly leaders. I'd raise up some men and some women. That's our problem. We don't have enough Christians. We don't have enough us in positions of authority and leadership. We need some godly men on Capitol Hill. We need some godly women on Capitol Hill. Turn that up. I want to hear that. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's time to say amen. It's time for somebody to say amen. God has spoken. God has used me. He spoke through me today. Time for somebody to stop defending being a Democrat. Make this your response. Time for somebody to stop you getting all enraged over uh, your rep being a Republican. From the healing of your body Time for you to change your thinking. Get spiritual and forget that politics. No matter how you, you cannot feel, and not supposed to be discipled by a disciple, by a Republican, independent, or any political party's mindset. Some of you, you're feeling a little funny right now because as you think about it, you've been discipled by politics. You've been discipled. But it's time to turn that off and turn on and say amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lift your hands. Come on, come on, sing that. Say that. It's time for us to say amen. It's time for us to say amen. Get your booklet and start researching these people that we, we're going to have to vote for in three weeks. Let the church say amen. Yes, it's time, it's time, it's time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let the church say It's time for us to say amen, church. When God speaks, we follow. Everything belongs to him. That's why we follow. We don't worry about presidents. Presidents belong to God. Say amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Say amen. Hallelujah. Amen, yeah. Amen to the word of God this morning. It's time for us to turn from our wicked ways. 
Play that back, play that back softly this time. Play that back. Play that back. <sighs> I just want us to hear that again. Just want us to hear that again. We're guilty. Mm -hmm. We're guilty, Everybody. church. New creation, we're guilty. God has spoken. spoken. I just want us to hear a little bit of that. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna sit down with y'all. Plans are to what his word says. Say God has spoken. God has spoken. Let the church. There's some decisions somebody needs to make today. There's some things somebody's got to rearrange today. Make this your response. Say to whatever he said. It's not yes until you do it, my beloved. From the healing of your body. It's not yes until you do. To the raising of the dead. Many of you have said to God what you're going to do. Or how your world is But you haven't done it yet. You haven't done it. You haven't done it. Amen. It's time to say amen. Even in the valley. Even if you got to stand like Daniel. By yourself. Because you have sold out to Jesus. We need to be like the Christians in the Old Testament. For him I live, for him I die. We got to stop compromising. Lift your hands. It's time for somebody to say amen. Lord, I wish the church would wake up and say amen. Move from something that we shout about, but we don't obey. Let the church say amen. Let the whole church 
forgive us, God. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Say man, yeah. Say man, yeah. Say man. Hallelujah. Amen. Is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your plan. We've learned some significance today. Some things that we need to know about our government. Some things that we must be wholly compliant. Not just for November 3rd, but we must be wholly compliant every day. 365 days of the year. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. For my sake, you're supposed to walk holy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning for this word. I thank you this morning, Father, for this teaching. I thank you this morning, Father, that you commanded the church to say amen. I thank you this morning that you've commanded pastors. I thank you this morning that you've commanded uh, civic leaders, our governors, our, our judges. I thank you this morning that you've commanded that they be ministers, that they be servants, oh God. That bishops and priests and popes, that we're supposed to be servants. We're supposed to serve the people and not fleece the flock. Thank you this morning, Father. Lord, we've got some work to do. And it starts with saying amen, saying yes to your will, yes to your way. It's time for our consciences to drive us to a certain degree of conviction. We have no conviction about our behavior. We have no, con we're not convicted about our wrong. We're not convicted about speaking against others. Tail-bearing and bearing. We're not convicted by the ugly things that we do, even in the church. We're not convicted. We're not convicted. And yet we come together and shout amen. It's time for somebody to be convicted of your sin. It's time for somebody. You need to make a phone call today. You need to call somebody. You don't need to have a lot of conversation, but you need to call somebody and say, forgive me. I've been doing some things. I've been saying some things. Don't need to tell them what you've been doing. You just need to allow your conscience to convict you and draw you to obey God and say, yes, Lord, I need to get some things right. I need to correct some things that I've done wrong. You see, this conviction, this consciousness, is, it's personal. It's personal. Somebody, you're not going to have no peace until you say amen. Yes, Lord. It's not going to work out for you like you think it is. It's not going to work out for you like you think it is. 
until you do what God has called you to do. You can move your membership. That's not going to change what you, that's not going to change what God's going to hold you accountable for. You can do all of those kind of things. That's not going to be the answer. We got to get right with God and get right spiritually, spiritually. Thank you again, Father, for this word. Father, forgive me for my sin. We all got to say, Lord, forgive me. I voted for folks. I'd not known who I was voting for and just shaded in some colors, shaded in some blocks. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. This thing is a serious thing. It's a serious thing because we belong to you. It's a serious thing because it's for your sake. It's a serious thing because you are God of decency and order, and it is, we are accountable. And so I thank you today, Father. Bless us, Lord, as we get ready that our minds are going to be sharp now. We're going to make some changes now. And as we get ready to go November the 3rd, we have a different attitude now. We're going to get our voter books, and we're going to start researching all of these people that we're going to have to go in and shade a color in on. We're not going to be ignorant and unwise. We're going to be spiritually minded. I thank you, Father. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, for being my help, being my strength. Standing, Lord, with us, standing with me, God. Thank you, Lord. My help, my strength, our help, our strength. Thank you, Lord, that you chose and you voted us. <laughs> you sent your son and said, I vote for the whole world. Whosoever will believe in me don't have to perish. Thank you, Lord, for that. Bless us now, Lord. Help us to meditate on this word that you provided today. Give us a preparedness. Give us a conviction. Give us a readiness, Father. And Lord, next week, get me ready for next week as we talk about what is the mindset we should have when we go to the polls and vote for a judge, vote for a governor, vote for a congressman. How should we do it? Give me what I need, Lord. I ask it now for next week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Say amen. Say amen. And my beloved new creation, I love you. I love being your pastor. I love being your pastor. Thank you for allowing me to be your servant, for allowing me to be your minister through good times and bad. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. And I will see all of you this evening in the pastor's chat. Now, I want to say there might be somebody who doesn't know the Lord this morning. Might be somebody. Your name might be on the roll of a church. But you have ceased any growth, any real joy, any real understanding and knowledge of your responsibility because the place that your name is on a roll, there is no teaching. There is no equipping. And New Creation Outreach Ministries, that's what exactly what we are. We are a teaching and equipping church. 
We don't have programs here. I said it in the beginning. We don't even, we don't, I don't allow them to do pastor's appreciation. No, no, no. What they need to do is get alongside me, pray, and serve, become a servant and a minister. So we don't do a lot of things here. And I'm saying to somebody, we might be dealing with a pandemic. We may not be in the physical building, but our church is alive and well and, and carrying on all our ministries because we know that the building, the four walls, doesn't make a church, don't make us a church. And so you can join our church. You can go to incomelv.church and say, Pastor, I want to call. I want you to call me. Pastor, I need a church home. Pastor, I'm tired of being where I am. I'm tired of the place I'm in. I'm not talking about anybody. I don't even want to talk. I just want to, I know God is saying it's time for me to move on and move, fo move forward. And I'm saying, amen, Lord. And if the Spirit of the Lord has said you need to make new creation outreach ministries, your church, you go into incomelv.church and you uh, type, go to the prayer and, and type, I'm with, I need to talk to the pastor, I need to talk to a counselor, I want to join New Creation Outreach Ministries. Or if you're listening in and you're right there in the chat, you can type it in the chat right now. We have counselors right now in the chat that will reach out to you and you just need to say on our chat line, I want to be a member of y'all church. And somebody will respond to you and get your number and call you now. If you're ready to say amen to the will of God. God bless you, my beloved. I love you again. I'll see you this afternoon in chat with the pastor at 5 o'clock. Can't wait for that. We have such a good time. God bless you. I love you. God has spoken.